Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everyone. I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And man, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody. We're going to kind of keep episode 17 here a little bit on the short side. We know everybody's busy around the holiday, but you know, we did want to come on and just wish you a happy holiday and, and a Merry Christmas and and just share just a couple of our own personal traditions that uh, we do on our own families and we've all done, uh, Brian and I have done for years. Yes, you know, bringing in some of those bird feeding traditions and things around the holidays and what we do around Christmas time. Uh, we're also going to bring in another kid's activity that you could do and maybe bring in some of those uh, things that'll help become a feeding tradition for you or your family. So stick around for the fun. Yeah, join us for a little cheer, right? Hope everyone's settled in for the holidays and and ready to uh, get that nice hot cup of cocoa and sit at your bird feeding window and watching your birds in the backyard and and enjoying the holidays. That's that's kind of the Brian for me one of the the traditions, if you will. Weird to think about it in that terms, and it just kind of struck me. It really is kind of a tradition because I usually take the week between Christmas and New Year's off, and it gives me the time to sit here and watch my feeders and really watch the birds in my backyard and watch nature that's going on in, in, in around my yard. So that's been kind of a, a tradition in my family to do that and, and enjoy that. So, Oh, John, I know exactly what you're talking about. It is so much fun. You know, we, we talked about in an earlier podcast about the winter finch eruption and new birds showing up everywhere. I have been so excited to see <laughs> pine siskins showing up on yeah. a pretty regular basis yeah. in my yard. And that pine siskin eruption this year, um, I have my typical juncos. But I just, I still get excited about the Junkos and they show up every year. Yeah. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. I wish, I, you know, I, again, the Siskins have been really regular. I'm probably, probably around a dozen birds on a regular basis. I've got three uh, finch blend feeders up right now. So I get a lot of activity, not to mention all the goldfinches that are coming. Huge number of goldfinches, huge number of house finches coming in. Now, do you have the purple finches yet? Um, I do not. It's killing me. I don't have purple <laughs> finches. And I didn't get a red-breasted nuthatch. And that's, you oh. know, everybody early on was reporting red-breasted nuthatches everywhere. And yes. they've done just like a disappearing act. It's like, where did they all go? So, I, I, I think never they just one. went further south. They I said, think, nope, we're out yeah, of here. Yeah. You had one, right? At one point. I had one. I had one. Yeah. I've, yeah. And I've seen onesies every once in a while here and yeah. there, but not repeated in, in areas. So it's like they're still kind of bouncing around. Yeah. yeah. Even though they move so early. But, you know, purple finches, I know a lot of folks are starting to get um, – onesie twosie or a handful of purple finches at their yards so mm -hmm. that's a mm -hmm. talking about traditions that's great when you can get some of those winter finches coming during these holiday times yeah. it, it makes for a great time watching those backyard feeders yeah. yeah and even the bird that we were all the most excited about i think was the evening grosbeaks here in the east were supposed to be you know coming down into the central part of, of the u.s and we have had those onesie twosies uh, throughout here in indiana Yes. Uh, but again, haven't had the kind of numbers that I maybe we were kind of hoping for. But mm -hmm. again, one of the things that we've learned, I think, is pretty pretty solid is some of these birds move later in the winter. And so it's it's let's yes. not give up hope and let's watch these feeders over the holiday season and see if these guys are showing up or not. 
Exactly. And if you're in more of those northern states and southern provinces, crossbills, white wing crossbills and red crossbills. I just got a flyover red crossbill out bird watching this last weekend. Nice. Uh, nice. So super exciting. They're not dropping that far south, but like I said, some of that geographical area. So, you know, having fun, paying yeah. attention to the birds during this holiday time and having some time off. If you do get some time off, just watch those feeders or step outside and and listen for birds and take a walk somewhere. Yeah, and another great way to watch birds over the holidays and one of my favorite traditions is the Christmas bird count. Oh, uh, those are fun to do. You know, and I know you and I both have been doing it together on the Indianapolis Christmas bird count for many, many years. It's kind of the kickoff for the holidays for me, to be honest with you. It's uh, uh, National Audubon Society, and just explain to everybody what it is, uh, have been doing Christmas bird counts believe it or not, since 1900. This is this is a 120-year tradition. It really kind of was the original citizen science uh, project, if you will. Uh, it was in response in 1900. There was a lot, you know, a lot of uh, game and bird uh, populations had really suffered through indiscriminate, you know, habitat destruction and overhunting and things like that. And so uh, the guy who actually was pivotal on starting the National Audubon Society, uh, Frank Chapman decided instead of going, and it was a big family tradition to go out on a big hunt on Christmas Day. Oh, for I've, a lot I've of heard about that back yeah. in those early yeah. days. Yeah, that that <clears throat> turning of the new year between that, that Christmas time and New Year's, whoever could shoot the most things won. <laughs> <laughs> Wait so a minute. <laughs> Frank thought that maybe we needed to change a little bit. So he decided that doing a bird survey instead of doing a hunt was maybe a better idea. And so he started the first one in, in 1900 and it's been going on ever since. And it's spread out over uh, a couple of week period. It goes from uh, December 14th to January 5th. And, and these are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of counts across North America. Uh, and it's one of those days between the 14th and, and the 5th. Like, I, I'm the one that, that is the what they call the compiler for the Indianapolis uh, Christmas bird count. And we always have ours on the 19th. And so the 19th is our day for doing our Christmas bird count. But if you're a compiler in, in Georgia, you may want to have it on the 29th or whatever it might be, you know, a little later in the year. So it's just a, like you're saying, a Christmas bird count is a single day count. For a geographical area, and then different geographical areas will do their single day count at some some date in that time period you're talking about. Yeah, and it's we we put together kind of a team. It's a volunteer. It's free. Anybody can join. You can go on the National Audubon Society website, or you can just do a Google search for Christmas bird count, and you're going to be able to find all the information you need to find that local count area uh, closest to you. And then what happens is a compiler, one person coordinates and, and uh, puts it all together. You'll, you know, my count, I end up probably with 30, 35 people every year that are helping out. And we assign people to different areas. And traditionally, we would get together over lunch at a restaurant and our, you know, have a pitch in some or, you know, potluck somewhere. And we'd go through all our exciting you know events of the day and compile all the birds that we saw and then head back out in the afternoon to do more counting obviously this year for uh, obvious reasons a little, of, little different this yeah, year for yeah. getting together for lunch right yeah so for me you know and i know a lot of other people that are on our count it's a, it's every single year it's just a kickoff to the to the holidays a lot of people i've, I've actually got a friend that's been running the count up at a state park called pokagan state park up in the northeastern part of uh, indiana 
He's been doing it for 40 years. And 40 I've, years of yeah, counting the birds. 40 years he's been the complaint. He started the count at Bokagan State Park. So I go up and help him every year, too. And that's he always has his between Christmas and New Year's. So obviously a huge tradition and, and a big part of my Christmas season. So, John, I know at this Christmas bird count, there's a lot of information that gets gathered. You're going out and you're finding all these birds. So how does all of this information get utilized? Well, and utilized it does. I guarantee you that, Brian. One of the most valuable parts of this, as we mentioned, this thing goes back to the year 1900. You have 120 years of data. And it just that long-term data set on bird activities, bird movements, that type of thing, provides an incredible baseline for scientists and conservationists and, and ornithologists to use in research. And I'll give you one of a concrete example. Uh, the cardinal. You know, everybody knows the cardinal. The official name is the northern cardinal. Well, it's called the northern cardinal because our cardinal is the only one here in North America. There are six species, I think, in, in uh, South America. Uh, but the northern cardinal is the only one. Well, historically, that was a southern bird. You didn't find it in the Midwest and in the north. And you can literally look at the Christmas bird count data over the last 120 years, and you can see the progression of cardinals moving north, now all the way up into southern Canada. So very cool data set that uh, conservationists, biologists, uh, wildlife research agencies, and things like that can use as a baseline of information when doing their research. You know, John, that is fascinating to see the cardinal and watch that northern cardinal population move north over the century of time. And I've also seen some of the data where out in the West Coast, we have like house finches and even some of the hummingbirds. We have seen those species move further north over the century. So really neat to see that this data actually is getting used and one of the things that I often get asked about are, what kind of charities can we give to you? Well, here's a great way to be giving back where you're not giving, it's more a time scenario and you're giving time to scientists by just going out and enjoying the birds and counting them at so the same time. So if you time. haven't done it and you're interested, uh, Christmas bird count, just do a Google search or go to our show notes on WBU.com at the uh, end of the show and you'll have all the information you need to consider doing uh, a new tradition starting this year. John, you know, we're talking these Christmas traditions and holiday traditions. You know, growing up in Germany, one of the things that we adopted while we were there, it's kind of <laughs> funny and weird to, you know, to North American folks, but we take our shoes and put them outside on the, the porch, out, fr out in front of the door, and Santa would come along and fill it with, hopefully, some, maybe some candies and some toys, some gifts. Um, you didn't want cold. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you'd put your shoes out there, and that was a precursor to Christmas time. And you really looked forward to that. But as I've grown up, there's another tradition that I've started to pick up on, and that's a, an old Scandinavian tradition, a Nordic tradition of where you would take bird seed and you would put that out, maybe at your doorstep. In your shoes? Or out in your yard. <laughs> but you would, no, no. <laughs> I'm not sure the birds would eat it at that point. Uh, <laughs> but you put the bird food out there, the bird seed out there, and the idea was uh, putting it out, Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, and then if the birds came in and ate it, 
you know, hopefully you're having good luck moving into the next year or some of the old traditions where it was about hopefully you would have good crops going into the next year. Basically, just have some prosperity. So do my feeders count or does it have to be on the on the front porch, on the doorstep? <laughs> I'm going I'm to say let's go with the feeders because for the number of feeders you and I have in our backyard, that should be excellent. I don't know how well that worked out for this yeah, year. I was going <laughs> to say, weren't you traveling over the holidays last year and you failed to get it on the front porch and that's why this year has been so chaotic? <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I plead the fifth on this. I'm just, remember, these are traditions and I'm moving on. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's really easy if you want to take part in this. If nothing else, it's fun. And just get a little bit of bird seed, sprinkle it out, see who shows up. Why not? It's FedEx and UPS, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> little pork pirates. One thing's for sure, Christmas really is all about the kids. It's it's best time of the year for any kid, just ask them. And the bottom line is, you know, my family, we had a few traditions in regards to every once in a while. It's more actually in the, the classrooms where we do things for the birds. You guys remember where you take a, a piece of string and you you put like uh, cranberries and you'd put things like popcorn, you know, use like a darning needle and you put it up there. <laughs> and, oh, you make those little paper chains and you'd hang those on the trees outside and that type of thing. Pro- probably weren't real effective for the birds themselves. Uh, but Brian, I think we've got some craft things for kids that really will be effective and will be really fun for them to do. Oh, definitely, John. We got some fun kids activities and you're talking about making a garland. You can definitely make a food garland for the birds and it's fun to make, you know, like you're talking, take some string and maybe it's a, a, a thread and just uh, put a little needle on there, a little safe needle and string popcorn onto there, put peanuts in the shell. You could do different dried fruits like raisins or dried cranberries or things like that. And then go put that out on the tree, Um, hang it out on a bush somewhere where you can watch it and see if the birds are coming in. But then there are also all these other things that you can do to decorate a tree for the birds. You know, you could make these holiday cookies that are bird seed cookies, or there are pine cone feeders, bagel feeders. One of the fun things that I really like are taking citrus. You get an orange um, or a grapefruit and you eat out the citrus, but you take the peel and you can make a little feeder out of that. And here's another neat one, suet muffins. <laughs> so, pardon me, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep, suet muffins. Basically, you get a muffin tin, you get a string to use as okay. a hanger, and you put pack suet in there, and as you're packing suet in there, you put all sorts of different yummy kinds of additions like seeds and nuts and fruit bits, and then you can pop that into the freezer just to help everything solidify, and then go hang up those little suet muffins for the birds and watch to see what happens. You know, happens. you put all those on a tree in your backyard, especially if you've got a nice little evergreen in your backyard. Honestly, you're going to get a lot of bird activity on that tree. Oh, for sure. So you can check out our show notes for different ideas and instructions. We also have a couple of video idea and tutorials for you to check out there to make these different kinds of things. So have fun and see, maybe it's a new tradition to do with the kids. 
As always, on behalf of all of us here at Wild Birds Unlimited, we want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And as always, we thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of our Nature Centered Podcast. And please think about joining us next time where we're going to talk about 2020 backyard birding, the highlights, and the hiccups. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great holiday. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. And whatever your traditions, we hope you have a fun time with family, friends, and the birds, and maybe even start some new traditions. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered. <laughs>